We are officially in the Christmas season, my friends. Okay, technically it's the Advent season of the church calendar, but uh, I can at least speak for the U.S. that Christmas is all around us. And if you have kids, you know what it's like to be waiting for the big day. (laughs) You've got the countdown going on, you've got the Advent calendar opening up every night. Everyone's just waiting and prepping and hopefully enjoying and celebrating this season. But the thing is, my friends, we are going to talk today about kind of a tough part of waiting. We're going to talk about what do we do, not while we're waiting for Christmas, when things are fun and maybe all we're dealing with is a few toddler tantrums because they're not getting their presents yet. We're going to talk about what do we do while we're waiting for God to do a miracle, when we are waiting for something deep and important and painful, how do we do that? How how do we handle that situation? Why is it that God asks us to wait sometimes? And usually if he does, it's a lot longer than we want to be waiting. That's what we're tackling today in episode 56 of the Love Your People Well podcast. So I know that that might not sound like a very fun topic, but it is a wildly important topic topic. Because if you have never been in a position where you've had to wait for something that was really important to you, I can almost guarantee you that time is coming. That is just a part of life. And so today we're going to talk about the spiritual discipline of waiting. What do we do while we're waiting? And how is it that God can use this season in our life to actually love us? and to help us love him and to love the people around us even better. So it's big stuff, it's heavy stuff, but it's really important stuff. I do want to highlight a few things, okay? Let's just, let's kind of zoom back out from the heaviness of this topic and chat for just a minute about Christmas and the new year because um, I love Christmas time. I love me some Christmas time. And we've got some fun stuff going on on the Instagram page. We've got a, um, I'm doing a 25 days of loving your people well at Christmas. So hop on in and get some of those tips. And uh, we're doing something similar in the Facebook group. We're having a lot of chats and fun about favorite traditions and movies and cookie recipes and all the different things that we do at Christmas time. And yes, sometimes this is a hard season where there is grief, there's pain, there's waiting, there's trial and difficulty. But I really hope, my friend, that you can enjoy this season. And some of our upcoming episodes are really going to focus as we wrap up 2021. We're going to focus in on, on Christmas, what it's all about. How do we love our people well in the craziness of the holidays, when we think about what we're going to buy them for their gifts to put under the under the tree, we're going to think about resources and goals and ideas for the new year. So we've got a lot of fun stuff coming up. And before we jump into the fullness of today's topic, I wanted to share with you this. It's kind of silly. It's silly to me. I don't know. I have a little goal for myself Um, It's funny to have a goal that you can't really have a huge influence on, but sometimes we do. And I have a goal to finish 2021 with 21 reviews of the podcast. (laughs) That is on my Christmas wish list. And I am sharing that here because 
you, my dear listener, my friend, you have a lot more influence over that than I do. Okay, so I'm just sharing that here as an encouragement. I love seeing your reviews and your feedback about how the podcast is helping you. And I think right now I checked this morning, um, Apple Podcasts, that's like the main place where you can leave uh, reviews. And on Apple, I believe we have 16 or 17 right now. So we need like five more, right, to finish out the year strong. So my friend, if you, if this is your first episode, you have a pass, I hope you enjoy it. And I hope it's helpful. If you have listened to more than one episode, hmm, Gosh, you don't really have any excuses, friend. I hope that you will hop into Apple Podcast and leave a written review for the show. Um, you, you, It's like halfway down the main page and it says right there, write a review. You can leave whatever stars, you can leave whatever comment. If you're not on Apple Podcast, you can hop onto the Facebook page and leave a review. But that's my Christmas wish. That is my goal for the end of the year to have 21 written reviews right there in Apple Podcast. And I hope that one of them is yours and <laughs> there's no giveaway or whatever. I'm just sharing my heart with you that that would be really encouraging to me, really fun to start the new year um, on track with the year that it is. And if you're listening to this in the future, hopefully we're past 21 reviews, but you can still leave one because, you know, why not? It's fun. It's encouraging. Okay, that is my little spiel that I wanted to share, but right now, let's dive into our topic about what to do while we're waiting for God to do a miracle in our family, our life, or our church. Welcome to the Love Your People Well podcast, where we help women grow godly relationships, grateful hearts, and grace-filled lives. I'm Jess, and I'm a marriage and family therapist, a Christian, a wife, a mom, and I believe that God creates us for relationships, relationship with him and with each other. So if you're looking to love God well, to love yourself, your family, and those around you well, you're in the right place. Stick around, friend, and let's get started. As I said in the introduction, this is not necessarily a fun conversation that we're going to have today, my friends. But the truth of life is that we all have seasons of waiting and sometimes it's far more intense, important, and emotionally difficult than other times. Um, I have several friends right now who are pregnant, okay? You, we all know what that's like, <laughs> nine months of waiting, but that's an excited waiting. That's a, a happy waiting. That's an expectant waiting. I myself have been through a season of infertility that lasted, uh, well, I mean, technically it's still lasting because <laughs> without... Uh, some form of adoption, we would not continue to have children. And that has been an incredibly difficult season of waiting. And that is actually what I plan to talk about in our Friday Faith follow-up. Um, if you hop back in on Friday, I'll share some of my personal experience living out what we're talking about today, waiting through that season. And I don't know what season you are in, what you are waiting for, but I do know that it is a spiritual discipline. So as we jump in today, we're really going to press hard into scripture and into seeking to understand God's purpose in the waiting and how he's using it and how we can use it to love our people well, even when it's painful, it's sad, and it's not going the way that we would hope. And if, if spiritually you don't feel like you have a lot of disciplines, you don't really have daily habits that draw you closer to the Lord, 
um, let me encourage you to check out right here in the podcast description. If you just scroll down on your phone, you will see a link to the free Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. And that is a resource I've developed um, purposefully to help you develop that habit. Because if we're not spending time in the Word and talking to God, I mean, obviously we, we can grow in many different ways, but that is the main way that God expects for us to experience spiritual growth. And the season of waiting is definitely a time when we are ripe for spiritual growth. So hop on in and grab the free Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge if that is a daily habit that you would like to start working on, spending time in the Bible, spending time in prayer, and feeling comfortable and confident in both of those things. And let me just uh, give my usual disclaimer as we jump in. I am a licensed therapist, but this podcast is not therapy. There is always a link in the podcast description to a page on the website, loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash counseling. If you are curious for some of my thoughts about mental health and how to find a great counselor. So when we think about waiting, let me say two points right at the beginning before we jump into maybe some of the action steps of how do we wait well, how do we love well while we're in that painful season. The first thing that I want us all to be aware of and to normalize for ourselves is that the Bible pretty much only includes characters or people who have had to wait for a long time in really difficult situations. And a lot of times when we find ourselves waiting for something that's really important to us and it's really difficult while we're in the season of waiting, we start to believe this lie that we're the only one or that God is is punishing us in some way or um, doesn't care about us. We start listening to these lies that ultimately plant seeds of doubt about who God is, about his character and his goodness and his faithfulness. And yet, if we open the pages of the Bible, we will not go very far before we're reading a story about someone who loved God very much, who was clearly loved by God because the scripture tells us that, and yet they had to wait. Let's just think about a few of these people from the Bible. Job is probably the most famous, uh, one of the longer books in the Old Testament, and one of the more painful and difficult books to read because Job experienced so much hardship and trial. He lost pretty much everything that you could lose in life, including his health, his family, his children, his all of his wealth and money and home, and then his friends are challenging him. And he had a hard season of waiting. But the Bible is very clear that God did not do that because he didn't care about Job. He didn't love Job. He was using that as a season in Job's life, in some mysterious way, in the way only God can, to bring glory to himself and goodness to Job. And let's think about some of these other Old Testament characters who we read about so frequently in Sunday school. We've got Abraham, who waited for decades upon decades upon decades and never entered the promised land, who waited for years and years and years for God to fulfill his promise of giving him a son, let alone his bigger promise of blessing the entire world through Abraham, of giving him more children than there are stars in the sky. Abraham had two kids in his life. 
one of them promised by God, one of them um, the product of his own impatience, him and his wife's impatience, waiting for God. Abraham did not get to fully see everything that God had promised him. He had to wait for a long time. We see it with Noah, who took years to build the ark. And then it wasn't like the flood lasted, you know, for four days and then it was over. He was on the ark for hundreds of days. Moses, he was in the wilderness for 40 years. Before he even went back to Egypt, you know, was a part of all the plagues, (laughs) rescued the people. He had to wait another 40 years after he had rescued the Israelites from Egypt. If we jump into the New Testament, the disciples were waiting frequently. All of the letters in the New Testament are basically saying, Jesus is coming soon. Let's be patient. Come on, people. Jesus is coming soon. Let's live well because we're waiting for him to come. And here we are, 2,000 years later, still waiting. The whole church is waiting for Christ's return. And I only point all of this out because it always encourages me to be reminded that I'm not the only one who God asks to wait for things that are very important. And sometimes I get to see the full conclusion and fruit of that waiting, and sometimes we don't. And that's not unique to our lives. We can often find so much encouragement when we're in the Bible and we can refresh ourselves with how God was faithful to all these different people even when they had these long seasons of waiting. Because the second point that I want to make, again, before we jump into some tips about how to wait well, let's consider what it is that God has in store for us while we are waiting. What is his purpose? And I am not at all going to claim to know all of God's purposes or thoughts or plans, but I do know that when we are in a season of waiting, we learn to rely on God. We're looking for him, we're, we're waiting for him, we're kind of expectantly on the lookout for what is he doing, we're praying, we're in the Bible, we are learning that God himself is truly enough. And I'm not saying that that is an easy process, it's, it's usually actually quite difficult. We have, as I already said, we usually get a lot of doubts, we have a lot of questions and even lies that we start listening to. But if we are willing to wrestle through that and to put God at the center of our season of waiting, we will be learning more and more and more about his character. We will be looking less to this world to make us happy and more to God. We can learn how to intentionally trust that his thoughts, his plans, his priorities actually are better than our own. And I say intentionally trust because it is a decision. We get to control where do our thoughts go? How do we handle the hard emotions of waiting? Do we handle them with doubt and despair and venting and grumbling and eating a lot of ice cream? Or do we respond to those hard emotions with prayer and crying out to the Lord and um, seeking fellowship? and hope and help from our family and our church? Do we rely on ourselves or do we rely on God? So I want to encourage you, friend, that whether it's a family issue causing you pain, uh, a personal issue that you're waiting to be resolved, maybe anxiety or grief or a huge decision about work or family, or maybe it's a church issue that's weighing on you that you see 
sin in your church or um, a lack of unity in your church and you're waiting for that to be brought to resolution, to be reconciled, you're waiting for forgiveness, whatever the issue is that you are waiting through and waiting for, I want to encourage you that God sees it. He understands it. He has a plan for it. And that plan might not look like what you have in mind as you're praying about the situation, but we can have confidence that that plan, his plan, is the right plan. And I can say that with complete confidence because of what the Bible tells us in Isaiah chapter 55. I'm just going to read a few verses um, from Isaiah 55, they're verses 8 through 11. And then we're going to jump into five action steps that we can take during the season of waiting to get the most out of it, to grow and press into the Lord and to love our people well, even though we're hurting while we're waiting. But first, let's be reminded of God's truth in Isaiah 55. He says, For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater, so is my word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but it will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. And this is a declaration, my friends, from God himself, that while we are waiting, we have a plan, we have a vision, we know what we want, but God's thoughts and his ways are higher than ours. They're better than ours because he sees everything and we see whatever small little snippet of life we are currently experiencing. So with all of that in mind, as we are refreshed by the truth of scripture, as we are trying to rest in the Lord and press into him during our season of waiting, how do we wait well? (laughs) Um, There are five action steps that I want to highlight here. And these are things that, gosh, in the counseling room, we work on these all the time. I'm not listing these out thinking, It's a checklist. Boom, 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 boom. Great. Now I can wait well. These are five things that we need to be intentional about and we often have to wrestle with, but they are five things that make the season of waiting rich and fruitful and worthwhile. And again, I said on Friday, I'm going to share some of my story of waiting, of living out these action steps while I was waiting through infertility which as you can imagine, hopefully you haven't experienced it, but I'm sure you can imagine it's quite painful. And there's a lot of doubt. There's a lot of questions. These were not five action steps that just made me smile, made me feel better the next day. But over the course of time, they changed my perspective, my thoughts, and my emotions. And they helped me to wait well, regardless of how God wound up handling the outcome of that season of waiting. So here are the five action steps that I would encourage you to press into during this season. The first is to dive deep into God's word, his character, and his promises. So I don't mean just open the Bible and see what catches your eye and whatever, you know, you happen to land on that day is what you read and you read a few verses. 
I mean diving deep. I mean reading chapters at a time and asking questions while you read. What is it that I learned from this passage or this chapter or this book about God's character, about my character? What did I learn about the topic of waiting or resting? What did I learn about God's priorities, about our plans? And it might be really helpful to focus in on some of the stories that I mentioned. Abraham, Job, Noah, Moses. Um, A lot of that is in Genesis and Exodus, those first two chapters of the Bible. And then, of course, Job has his own chapter. (laughs) Um, And even in the New Testament as as well, specifically in the letters and in the Gospels of the New Testament, which is most of the New Testament, we see so much about who God is, about the peace and the joy that Jesus promises us. And so that is our first action step. Dive deep into God's word, ask questions, seek to know better who he is and what he has promised. Our second action step is to give intentional time to remembering for yourself what God has already done. So thinking back on your life, Where are the times where you've seen God show up when you maybe didn't even expect it or other times that you've been waiting and you have seen God's faithfulness? And if you're struggling to think of those in your own life, read the Bible. This is an action step I have done many times. I will read through um, stories in the Bible and I will write down praises to God. Thank you for bringing the Israelites through the Red Sea on dry land. I was not there. I can only imagine how crazy that was. But I trust that God's word is true, which means it happened. And so I can praise God that while I might feel today like I'm looking at the Red Sea myself and I see no way to get across, he has a way and he is faithful. So think back from biblical examples, from your own life, from people you know, your parents or your friends. What are the things you have already seen God do? And focus on that. Praise him for that. Take time to remember that. The third action step that I would encourage you to press into is increasing gratitude in your heart and on your lips. And both of these are very important. I know I mentioned in passing already how much control we have over our thoughts. And I've had several episodes really um, pressing into that topic. I don't have them in front of me right now, but you can go to the full show notes Um, for every episode, but this one will be online at loveyourpeoplewell.com forward slash 056, because this is episode 56. And I will uh, put a link in back to some of those episodes about taking control of our thought process. But the reality is, we get to choose, am I going to think about the things I'm missing out on or sad about? Or am I going to think about the things for which I am grateful? I know that we're talking about waiting for something very important and probably very painful and difficult. But even in the middle of all of that, there is so much to be thankful for. And you can approach this similarly to number two, right? Yes, remember back what God has done, but you can make lists of things you have to be grateful for. You can read scripture and jot down thanksgivings for God's character, his goodness, his provision to other people who are a part of our own spiritual lineage. Whether it's coming from the Bible or coming from your life, be intentional to purposefully think about 
and then name out loud, share it with other people, pray it out loud to God, the things that you are grateful for. And this is a huge way to love the people around you well, as well as yourself and loving God, while you're struggling through the hard emotions of waiting. Undoubtedly, the people who love you know that you're struggling. But do they also know that you are praising God, that you are trusting God, that you are thankful for the things God has given you? When we share gratitude with other people, it goes a long way in encouraging them and loving them. It's not ignoring the pain that we're going through. It's a choice to focus on the equally true things that we have to be thankful for. Action step number four is to stand firm in the truth. Because when we are waiting, our emotions are strong. And they can be really overwhelming. And we need to be able to cling to God's promises. We don't want our feelings to start dictating for us what we believe is true about the world or about God or about our family. And so stand firm on the things that actually are true. And that might be truths about your family. If you're waiting for some huge change in your marriage, there's probably pain and sadness. And there might be some temptation to get really negative with your husband. But can you stand firm on some truths about your husband's character, the things he has done in the past? Can you stand firm on truths about your marriage or your family and the blessings and strengths that you do have even while you're waiting for this big thing to happen? And absolutely, my friends, we want to stand firm in the truth of the Bible. And if you're struggling to feel very clear about what are God's promises, I would start in the Gospel of John. It's not necessarily as... um, easy of a read as some of the other Gospels, but the Gospel of John is filled with deep theological truths about who God is and what he has promised us. So those are just some ideas for how to implement action step four and to stand firm in the truth, not our emotions. And action step number five is that while we are waiting, we need to purposefully love the people that we are struggling with or waiting for. If the season of waiting that you're in involves other people, maybe it's a hardship at your church or a family situation that you're waiting for God to intervene and do a miracle, sometimes it's really tempting to distance ourselves from those people. And I would really encourage you to do the opposite, to press in and still act and speak in ways that are loving to those people. Engage in those relationships. Spend time with them. Pray for them. And if you can, pray with them. And trust that God is working in all of that. There might be topics that are kind of off limits during this season, or there might be a lot of times together that are filled with tears because you're struggling together. But it goes a long way to being fruitful in the season of waiting if we are pressing into our relationships and we're not letting them fall by the wayside. We're not letting them become a victim of the hardship of waiting, but we are purposefully engaging with the very people that we're struggling with. So those are some of my thoughts, my friends, on why it is that God sometimes has us wait and action steps that we can take today to make the season of waiting as fruitful 
and blessed and, and godly as possible. So let me recap those five action steps. And then I have one final scripture that I would encourage you to meditate on, you know, write it down on a note card, stick it on your, your mirror, whatever you need, because this might be a really helpful scripture to cling to during your season of waiting. But those five action steps were dive deep into God's word, his character, and his promises. Give intentional time to remembering what God has already done. Increase gratitude both in your heart and on your lips. Share it with other people. Stand firm in the truth, the truth of God's word, as well as the truth of your family or your relationships or whatever the the person or situation is that is involved in the waiting. And number five, purposefully engage with and love any of the people who are a part of the struggle, any of the people that you are waiting for and struggling with, press into those relationships. And the scripture that I want us to close with today is is one I would really encourage you to memorize. And like I said, write it down, stick it on the mirror. (laughs) This is from 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 through 18. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are wasting away, inwardly we are being renewed day by day. For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes, not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal. My friends, those are God's words to us that are purposefully there in the Bible, in 2 Corinthians, to encourage us while we are waiting. So I know that this season is hard. If you need help digging into the Bible, digging into prayer, feeling comfortable with that, grab my free resource, the Holy Habits 45-Day Bible and Prayer Challenge. Head onto the website. You'll find other resources at loveyourpeoplewell.com, as well as a lot more show notes from this episode. But ultimately, my friends, rest in the truth that what is unseen is eternal, that what we're struggling with today, it does not feel light, it does not feel momentary, but God reminds us that it is. So with all of that in mind, my friends, hugs and blessings to you. I'll talk to you soon. Hey friend, before you go, if this episode was helpful or encouraging for you, head on over to Apple Podcasts and leave a written review. It not only encourages me, it helps other women connect with this community. And you know what else? You have a chance right now to love your friends well. Copy the link to this episode and send it in a text to someone who you know needs to hear today's conversation. Or just take a screenshot, post it in your Instagram stories, and tag me at loveyourpeoplewell.